Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. I'm excited about today's message and I mean, I'm always excited, but there's some that hit more than others in terms of kind of what I'm dealing with or what we all are dealing with. And there was a few, a couple of weeks ago on a, I think it was a Wednesday night or a Friday night live, I, we had touched on this uh, account, but uh, God had me develop it a little more because it's so <sighs> applicable to today and you know, tomorrow and and whenever that where we're dealing with issues that can seem like God is distant or gone, uh, or situations can feel uh, dire and you know dark and hopeless, and you wonder, did you do something? Did, you know, is God mad at you, or you know, is it, things ever going to change? Why is this? Who's ever asked that? Why is this happening to me? Anybody? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Well, I'm going to hopefully answer that today, because <laughs> um, when we start to look at God's normal, um, there's nothing normal about it in terms of how we perceive normal. And, um, you know, God, God is not bound by what we are bound by. God exists outside of all of that. God's normal is something that has to be revealed, not revealed, but we may never totally get it until we're on the other side of this life, you know, eternity looking back and then seeing how God worked all these things together. But know that in God's normal, there's nothing in our lives that are outside his ability to work for our faith, for our good, meaning his glory within us. I mean, literally any situation, see God's normal, God's power, God's plan doesn't change. You know, we have a free will, but see, the the good part about our free will is that if we blow it sometimes, see, God stays steady. I mean, that's the hope for all of us is that God is steady even when we are all crazy, (laughs) when we disobey and we are disobedient or when we are um, stubborn. um, God still is utilizing circumstances and allowing circumstances to help break us down because the only way to even begin to experience his normal is to get us out of the way. And I know that sounds, uh, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive, like to get out of the way so that God can work, so that we can live. And to live means to die. I mean, this is kind of the paradox of, of being a, a believer. It's that tension between dying to self and living according to God's will and trying to figure out what that is, right? And so, you know, in times like this, where we're spending a lot more time with ourselves and, you know, being home more and, and maybe not uh, dialing into routines as much as uh, we used to, I, I think there's a, there's an element of some of us may be thriving in that and some of us may be really suffering in that. And there, I know there's a lot that have been affected by this situation, you know, financially and um, other ways, you know, health, a lot, a lot of different ways this whole thing has affected all of us. But we have to keep steady in terms of, do you believe God is in control? I mean, that, that, first of all, we have to ask that. Is God in control right now? Especially some of you right now that are really doing, not doing well. I would ask, 
you to ask yourself, is God still in control? And answer honestly, because hopefully uh, today will help bring a little bit of hope and revelation to how God can work. And God can do anything to help break you in a good way so that you can experience his life. So let's go to Jonah. We're going to go to verse 10. Um, Many of you probably know the story of Jonah. Um, And it's one of these stories. I mean, I think if you grew up in church, I mean, you started hearing songs and, you know, stories about Jonah and the whale. And the reality is, you know, I believe it's a real story. I don't believe it's a made-up story. I don't believe it's a fable. I don't believe it was a literary device to, to... kind of teach on God's ways, but I think it actually happened. And when you look at it from that lens, that this really happened and God worked through this, it shows you that God's normal is beyond what we can even imagine. We're talking about a dude that was swallowed by a a whale and then God used that. So uh, we're going to jump in in verse 10. Um, God had told uh, Jonah that he needed to go uh, prophesy against Nineveh to help hopefully bring them to a place of repentance. And he did not want to go to Nineveh. Uh, they were an evil people and not worthy of uh, God's word or God's correction. And so he disobeyed and said, I'm not going to do it. And he jumped on a boat and went the opposite direction. He wanted to get as far as far away as he possibly could. But again, we're going to see that didn't bother God at all. Even in our disobedience, God could get us and put us back on the right track. So sometimes we may, anyone out there or here, have you ever been willingly, willfully disobedient? You don't have to answer. Yeah, I mean, maybe you have. But sometimes have you realized that maybe you were unwillfully disobedient? You just didn't realize in the moment that God was trying to do something in your life and you kept resisting it. And then finally the light bulb came on. See, God isn't threatened by our disobedience. He, he will do everything in his ability and power to get us on, the, on his path, on his uh, plan, um, in, in the pathway of his will. And so Jonah thought he could out, out, outrun God's plan, and we're going to see that that didn't happen. So a storm uh, came up. A storm uh, started um, really throwing this boat around. They, they in a, it was a dire situation. And, and in verse 10, it says, Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, uh, to Jonah, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. He had, I guess, broadcast this when he got on the boat. Because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. That's a, that's an interesting word. Tempestuous. Tempestuous. Wow, the weather is quite tempestuous out there today. Anyway, sorry. Tempestuous. It was rough. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. And so Jonah knew, you know, this was God. This was, this was God getting his attention. He knew that he was the source of the problem. And there's a whole other teaching here that our disobedience can mean chaos for others around us if we're not careful. But that's another day. And so he said, well, he had reached the point where it's like the only way to solve this is just to throw me over the board so that, overboard so that I might die. And uh, this is the point that Jonah had come to. 
You'd rather be thrown into the sea and die than to do what God uh, would have him do. And he said to them, pick me up, throw me into the sea, that the scene will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it has pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Now I like this part. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Let's just listen to that. Let's just hear that for a second. The God we serve, who we believe in, right? Who we place our trust in and faith in. For all things. This is what he did. The Lord had prepared a great fish or a whale to swallow Jonah. (laughs) Wow. Seems mean. But not when you realize that the other option was death. So, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Woo! Great story. But let's break this down. Our God, God prepared, meaning to he assigned and appointed a whale, because God is in control of all creation. He appointed one of his creations, a big whale. He appointed it, assigned it to swallow Jonah. Like this is the situation that our God created. This is God's normal well, I know how I'm going to get Jonah's attention. I'm going to create a storm. And then I'm going to have a giant whale, a giant fish, swallow him. And I'm going to keep him alive in the belly of the whale. And that's where I'm going to do my work. That's normal. So let's think about this. He prepared, he prepared, he prepared a whale. So... Why did he prepare a whale? We're just thinking about this. Why did he, he, pretend you didn't know the story. Why did he prepare a whale? What was God's intent with preparing a whale to swallow Jonah? Because would you say that this, would this be a welcomed event in Jonah's life? I, I, I can't, I don't totally know. I kind of feel like he's sitting there drowning. He's like, can it get much worse? (laughs) And then a whale comes up and swallows him. I don't think he was like, yay, rescue. Yay, my prayers have been answered. A whale is going to swallow me whole. Praise be to God. No. Come on, y'all. Let's live this moment by moment just for a second. But this was God's normal. This was God's solution. This was God's way of getting Jonah's attention. And so why I say this is sometimes because of our disobedience, because of things that are going on in us that we may not even be aware that we're being disobedient, maybe we're so stuck in what we want, so stuck in what we think is right, so stuck in our agenda that sometimes God allows circumstances that seem like that of a whale to really bring forth his will. And sometimes we feel like the storm is enough 
And then it's like, no, now I'm thrown into the sea. Can it get any worse? And we're like, God, where are you? And we're praying. And then it gets even worse, right? Then it's like, now, now I'm in the belly of a whale. And now we're like, God, why do you hate me? What have I done to deserve this? And some of you right now, things may be going great, but some of you out there right now may be in a situation where you feel like things have gone from bad to worse to uh, horrific. And you're going, I'm, I'm, remember last week we talked, a breaking point. There's a breaking point. Don't break. Because you're going to see God did some incredible things in the belly, in the stomach of a whale. And ultimately, the why is this. God was after Jonah's heart. God was after Jonah's heart. He wanted to break him down. Because God, see, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. Because with a moldable heart, a submitted heart, he can do all things through you. And what he wants to do through you will create life and purpose and wholeness even if where he is pointing you doesn't seem like the right thing. No, if God has placed you on a path, it is the right thing. And it may not make sense, but it is the right thing. And your disobedience doesn't mean God's going to give up on your purpose. This is the big thing. God's not giving up on your purpose. He created you with purpose. He created you with your purpose in mind. And so he's not going to give up on you. If anything, he's going to help you hear better, see better, And he's going to help you follow better. And this is how he uses circumstances. It's always for our good. And our good is his glory. Our good is our calling. See, Jonah was called to go, but he didn't want to go. So God was making sure that he would do what he wanted Jonah to do. So... So this is what happens. Jonah's now, okay, think about it. Jonah's now in the stomach of a whale. <laughs> Let's just think about this for a second, y'all. Think about you. You're in the stomach of a whale. You got swallowed. Everything all right over there? Oh, okay. I didn't, oh, you had a concerned look. I didn't know if we're having problems. <laughs> I'm easily distracted. Yeah. So look what, look what Jonah does. Now, I don't know, I don't think, I, I'm not sure this happened right away. There's a lot of, I think, time skipped. But what we see now in verse 1 of chapter uh, 2, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Isn't that crazy? We just think about it. Maybe it was a while. Maybe he was like, okay, I wonder how long he was in the belly of the whale before he actually started praying. I, I would actually, I, when I get to heaven, this is one of the things I want to ask. Hey, Jonah, could give me a little play-by-play of the belly and what, what you went through. But when did you actually start praying? Because I don't know if that would be the first thing on my mind necessarily if I'm being digested. I, I don't know exactly where my headspace would be. It would be more of panic, terror. You know, I don't think it was a cozy room. 
You know, I, I don't think any, I, I think this was horrific. There's no lights. It's dark. I mean, just, you know what? Just, just think about how that might be. But eventually Jonah started to do what God wanted him to do. He prayed. <laughs> he stopped running and he prayed. In the belly of a whale, he began to pray. And look, this is God's normal. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. I would definitely rate that, define that as an affliction. And he answered me. He answered me. Think about that. He answered him. In the belly of this fish, the God, our God, Jonah's God, heard him and answered him. I want you to understand what this is so important, you all. There is no situation, there is no difficulty past beyond God's ability to hear you. Think, I, I mean, this is so important, you all. To hear you. Know that when you are in a place like this and you feel like your prayers are just kind of going, just going out into the abyss, God is hearing you. He is hearing you. We don't totally know how he knew God heard him, but he knew God heard him. We don't know if it was hours and hours, because he was in there three days. So this could have been hours of prayer. But he knew that God answered him. So what's the takeaway from this? In the darkest place, God is listening. In the darkest place, God is listening. Maybe you're not in a dark place, but still write it down. Because if you happen to find yourself in a dark place, and you are doubting if God is listening, he is listening and hearing. And his timing is all about your plan, your purpose, your heart. And removing the calluses from it so that you could hear more and that your heart could be broken and moldable so that he could literally begin to work in you in, in a deeper and mightier ways. But he hears you. Psalm 31, 22. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Ever been there? I said in my haste, I said in my affliction, I said in that moment where everything was falling apart, that I said that I have been cut off from before your eyes, that you do not see me anymore. You don't care for me anymore. You don't hear me anymore. This is what we could kind of, this is our knee-jerk reaction sometimes when things get so bad that we can't bear it anymore. And we're like, our God is supposed to be good. My life is not supposed to be this hard. My God is powerful. Why is this happening to me? My God loves me, but why does it feel like he doesn't love me? I, I know God is full of grace, but I feel like he's punishing me for my sin. I feel like he has let you see what I mean. We can get to this place where you say, God has cut me off. And that is absolutely not true. If anything, your affliction is a sign that God is actually loving you and working on you and getting to the place in you that you have kept him at bay. See, your affliction and your difficulty is proof that God is disciplining you because he disciplines those he loves and counts as his own, right? So we have to look at it differently. He loved Jonah. He wasn't mad at Jonah. He knew Jonah was going to disobey. He didn't see Jonah uh, go the opposite way and say, well, I guess I got to go find somebody else. He's like, no. I'm taking this opportunity now to work on Jonah 
to work on his heart, to break his heart so that he could submit to me and do my will because I have, I have planned and set into motion this particular plan that involved Jonah and nothing's going to stop that. And you are part of God's plan. Every single one of us, we all have a purpose and a plan for God's kingdom. But anyway, so it continues. Nevertheless, nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications. Even though I said to you, I'm cut off from your sight. You heard the voice of my supplication when I cried out to you. Do you see the theme here? When I cried out to you, when I prayed, when I continually prayed, when I pressed in, in the difficulty, in the darkness, in the belly of the well, I continued to cry out to you and you heard me. Oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. See, he preserves the faithful. And we are always going to stumble in our faithfulness, but he is about preserving us He's about preserving our faith and deepening it so when we have a lack of faith and when we are disobedient, he is still after our faith because we are faithful because we're doing our best, but we might have seasons where we're not. But he is about preserving us. And he was about preserving Jonah in the belly of a whale. But he fully repays the proud person. But it says this, be of good courage. Be of good courage. Some of you right now need to hear this that are in the belly of the whale. Be of good courage. Courage. Who would say, even in this room, it takes courage to get through dark times? Because often to get out of dark times, it takes steps that we're not comfortable with. It takes steps that we're not familiar with. It takes a new way of thinking. It takes a new way of talking. It takes a new way of processing. It says, be of good courage because you could lose hope and you can become so overridden with fear at the potential of what's about to happen because of this situation that you could just stop trying. It's like, no, be of good courage. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. And sometimes when we're in the deepest place, we feel like we don't have the strength anymore to press. Be of good courage. Because why? He will strengthen you. And this is what we're seeing in Jonah. All of a sudden, his prayers have a sense of strength to them. Mind you, he's still um, in the stomach of a, of a whale. And he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Now let's continue with Jonah, verse 2. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Now, do you see all of a sudden what he is seeing here? Did you catch that? Who threw him into the deep? Physically, he threw him in. The men, right? But see, Jonah is seeing things for what they are. He goes, you cast me into the deep. This is so important, you all. Some of you right now need to hear this. Some of you right now are in the deep. You're not even in the whale yet. You're in the deep. (laughs) And you're focusing on the person that threw you in. You might just want to know that as hard as it is, and this is not excusing anyone's behavior, that ultimately God has allowed that, but it's for something greater than you can even imagine. 
Jonah said, and you heard my voice, and you cast me into the deep. He understood that it was God who brought the storm, God that had the men to pick him up and throw him over. You see, he was giving responsibility. He, he, he was placing the responsibility on where it needs to be placed on God himself. And see, this can help us overcome hurts because he will use all things, Right? He will use all things for his glory. And sometimes, yes, people are going to hurt us and people are going to do stuff that damages us and we feel like it's unrepairable. We feel like there's no coming back. We feel like the life that we know is destroyed and we're in this place and we keep focusing on the person. We keep focusing on the person. We keep focusing on the perk. Eventually, we have to say, Lord, <laughs> you are over this situation. I don't understand everything, but I know that you are with me. And I know that, you know, your hand has allowed this at some level so that I can learn to hear you better. That I can learn to see you better. That I am more than I think I am. That my will, that your will and my plans, my purpose is bigger than I truly understand. And that this is for me, as hard as it is, Lord, forgive that per- I forgive that person. I forgive that person. I forgive that person. Lord, they hurt me. They hurt me. They hurt me. But Lord, you are with me. You are with me when, when they hurt me and you're with me now. And I know you hear me. But Lord, my focus is you. My focus is you. My focus is you, right? There's so much to learn when it comes to being in a place like this. There's so much to learn up here in our minds of how to process through it because we can keep going over and over and over again and replaying. Anyone have a replay button in your mind? (laughs) It's a killer. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's just replaying the same scenario over and over again. And no matter how much you wish you could have said that or could have saw that come in, you didn't. But here's the thing. What this is showing, this is for some of you, is that there is nothing unredeemable. There is nothing God can't fix, or there is nothing he can't fix or restore. And we talked about this a little bit on Friday night, but I'm going to read it again. It's from Ephesians 1.19. And Paul is saying this, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty Power, which he worked, watch this, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Let's just go back. Let's really hear this. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Death on this planet in our lives is the one thing that we are powerless, totally powerless to fix. You know what I'm saying? It's like we could live with different things and ailments and, you know, even handicaps or disabilities. You know, we can learn, you know, to do the best that we can and overcome certain challenges. Death is irreversible. Death has power. Death creates fear. 
You see, death speaks because it's final. It's final. That's why all of mankind at some level is fearful of it because you cease to exist. And we know the pain of losing someone. They are gone and there's nothing you can do to bring them back. It is final. It is final. It is final. It's the one situation we literally have zero power over. No matter what we do, when it's someone's time, it's their time, right? And this says, this is the God who's at work in us. This is the God who lives within us, dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. This is the God who could hear from the belly of the whale. This is the God who could hear you exactly where you are. This is the God that says this. He, the power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the what? Let's say it again. He raised him from what? Louder so they can hear. The dead. De- he, can we do, he raised him from the dead. So there's nothing our God can't do. He could even see death and say, no, nah, no more. Come on, come back to life. There's nowhere we can go to escape escape God's sovereignty and his power and his ability, even death. So no matter how bad you are suffering right now, no matter how dark it is, see, you're still alive. (laughs) You see what I mean? Let's compare that to the finality of death. And even in death, we're living eternally. But see, you're not dead. (laughs) Jonah wasn't dead. Jonah was in the belly of a whale, a whale that God created. (laughs) Jonah was right where God placed him. God was not concerned. God created the whole circumstance. God is not bound by anything. He could go anywhere and hear you in anything. You see what I mean? He is not bound. And he raises people from the dead. (laughs) He raises people from the dead. So some of you just need to hear that. God's with you. (laughs) He's with you. He's not seeing your problem as you were seeing it. Ever been in a situation where you feel like this feels like death? It does. It feels like death. This feels like death. But you're not dead. And see, you, it may feel like death to you, but it looks like life to God. Because he sees what he's doing. This is who we serve. There is nothing beyond his ability and capability. He has authority over all things. Let's continue. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. You see that far above, above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, everything that we can give power to or that has power over us, everything that we can't control, everything that can keep us bound or everything that we have to listen to over all dominion, over all power, over all governments, over all individuals, over all ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends, over all ex, you see what I mean? He has power over all so their power can be diminished and disarmed. See, this is so important, you all. If he can conquer death, he can conquer the actions of people. If he can conquer death, he can conquer your bad decisions. If he can conquer death, he can work through uh, difficult times in this nation in division. If he can conquer death, he can conquer all things. And he can keep Jonah alive in the belly of a whale. He can keep you alive right where you are and give you life and deeper understanding. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put 
all things under his feet and gave to him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And we are his church and he is the head over all of us, meaning that he as our head is leading us. He's giving us marching orders. You see, this is who we follow. The one that conquered the grave, the one that has power over the grave, the one that has power over all things. This is the one who is our head and our leader and our God and our King and our Savior and our Father and our Lord. This is who we follow. And just because right now you may be in a horrible situation, don't doubt his goodness and his power. You're going to see it work. 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 Because he has plans for you and a purpose for you. And so Jonah what's, continues in his prayer. And I love this. I mean, especially, especially if you remember where he was praying from. I, I mean, just like, I wish I could have like created like a belly up here and just like got in it. What? It would have been, kind of, <laughs> it would have been disturbing on many levels, but you know. Verse four, it says, then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Watch this. The waters surround me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. He's giving you a little bit of a play-by-play what happened before he was swallowed. I mean, this is horrifying. Horrifying. My goodness. But yet here he is recounting all of what he has been through. And he's still not out of the whale yet. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know if he's eventually going to perish and be excreted. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. (laughs) Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Where is he? Right now, where is he still? Yes, what? Okay, thank you. The be- he is saying this in the middle of his situation. Watch. You have brought me up from uh, up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. This is the power of our God to bring hope and truth into the direst of situations. Gosh. Look at Psalm 40. It's the same, same principle Same truth. I waited. Remember, he was in here three days, three nights, you all. But I waited patiently for the Lord. Meaning, as I prayed, I waited. As I waited, I prayed. And I prayed. And I prayed. See, God's timing is God's timing. We have to deal with that, you all. We have to deal with his timing. But we have to trust that his timing is perfect. And we also have to trust that he is always working. He's always working. And so I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me, he turned to me and he heard my cry. Now watch, he brought me up out of a horrible pit. You see, this is what it feels like when we are in a situation, it feels deep and it feels dark and it feels sticky and it feels like we can't move. It feels like there's no way out, right? The thing about being in the pit, you're in the pit, so all you see around you is the pit. You don't, you can't see ahead. He was in the whale. He couldn't see anything. But his sight came from spirit. His sight came from God himself. 
So Jonah and, 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 and David, they wrote from a place where it was their spirit that was lifted. It was their spirit in their mind that all of a sudden felt life again. And then it says this, out of the miry clay, and you set my feet upon a rock, and then you established my steps. Do you see what God was doing even here? The pit happened. They pressed, they prayed, they waited, and then God lifted them. See, in that place of submission, in that place where you say, all right, Lord, all right, I give. <laughs> Things begin to happen. And then he pulls you out. And he sets your feet upon a rock, not, your, not, not our sandy like, you know, foundation that we could walk on, but on a rock. And you established, watch this, established my steps. This is what God's after. I mean, this is it. He's after our steps because our steps were made for life. Our steps were made for life. Our steps were made for life and for his glory. When you are called, he's calling you to walk, Right? To walk. See, Jonah was using his steps to disobey and to go the wrong direction, but God said, okay, now we're going to deal with that. And he put them where he put them to establish his steps. He's trying to establish her steps. He hasn't given up on your steps. No, no, he's still, he's still about your steps. He's still about your walk. And he put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord because of our turnaround. Because of how we manage through this difficult time. How we come out on the other side. It'll be a witness to others. And then Jonah continues in verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. I mean, look at this, you all. I mean, this is a prayer of repentance. This is a prayer of submission. This is a prayer that is saying, you know, I'm dying to self. I'm picking up my cross daily and I'm following you. This is what this situation did for Jonah. This is our God's normal. This is all happening in one of the most toxic places I can even think of in the belly of a giant fish. This is what's happening. And this is what I love. This is the huge takeaway. So the Lord spoke to the fish. I love this. And it vomited Jonah onto dry land. i read that one more time. So the Lord spoke to the whale, and it vomited Jonah onto where? Dry land. He didn't vomit him back into the sea. He didn't vomit him back into the storm. He vomited him back onto where he belonged. Three days, three nights. Dark, right? Dark. The whole time, the whole time, God was transporting Jonah right where he needed to be. In the darkest time, God was still transporting Jonah right where he belonged. 
to right where he belonged on dry land so he could walk on a solid foundation. God is still moving you even though you feel like you're stuck. God is still, this is how, this is God's transportation method. Often in so dark times that he's moving us, he's moving us, he's moving us. And then we're ready. He spits us out and now we're right where we need to be and we can hit the ground running. He wasn't going to have to swim. He could hit the ground running and he did. You all, some of you right now feel like you're stuck. You're not, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. See, God's movement is defined by a spiritual movement, by what's happening within you. He's getting you right where you need to be. This is the movement that he is after. He got Jonah. It took three days and three nights, but he got Jonah to where he needed to be. And then he had the fish vomit him out. Jonah didn't have to cut his way out. He didn't, he just, it was time. It was time. So I want you to hold this confidence especially those that feel like you're kind of Jonah right now and you're in this place. You're moving, you're moving, you're moving. And God's timing is God's timing. But if you have confidence in the fact that this is how God works and that he is with you, that he can hear you, that he has a different vision of what's happening or understanding what's happening and that he is doing the most important work in you, which is the work of your heart, trust, trust that he will spit you out when the time is right. That you will get... <laughs> You will get heavenly vomited. Like, I don't even know how to put it. He will, he will spew you out when it's time. <laughs> he will vomit you out when it is time, in a good way. In a good way, right onto dry ground, y'all. See, this, I mean, so hopefully we're all of us, are, and this isn't just for this time. This is for any time, y'all. When we go through difficult times, God is moving, and he is moving you, and he is after your heart. And I'm, ho- I'm hoping that that encouraged all of you because why? Because this is, this is the benefit of faith. <laughs> if we can't learn to see situations differently, especially when they're dark, then what's the point? If we don't learn to behave differently when we're in difficult situ- situations, what's the point? See, God is with us. And God is with this nation. God is with us through this pandemic. God is not, you know, I mean, ultimately God allowed this. <laughs> so we're either going to grumble in this and or that, or we're going to do what Jonah did and just continue to press on and to pray and, and to seek him and to have confidence that he is hearing and that no matter what happens, he is still moving all of us, his church, to a place where he wants us in his will. And he is preparing every one of us for whatever that is. Amen. All right, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this time. And, and Lord, you're, you're, this awesome word about a, a man that was swallowed by a whale, and yet we can find your truth and your love in that. Jesus, I pray for those right now that are struggling. I mean, they are struggling to stay afloat. They are struggling in this darkness and they wonder if there's ever gonna be light again. And I pray, Jesus, that the light of your word enter into their life right now that it illuminate the places in their heart and mind that right now are so dark that they could see and hear and know that you hear Jesus we love you so much Lord we give you our lives and just we trust you with our lives 
It's so hard for us to do sometimes, but Lord, we trust you with our lives exactly where we are right now. We trust you and we worship you and we praise you. And if there's some out there right now that do not have the hope of a God that hears them, of a real living God that hears them, today is your day to stop resisting, stop running, don't be Jonah, but jump out of that boat and place your your, your trust now in God, your Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I would pray for those people now that they know who they are, that they recognize it's your voice pulling on them and speaking to them, telling them, be of good cheer, for I am here and I have called you by name. I am with you in the deep and in the dark. I have been with you through every step of your life. and This is your moment of calling. This is your moment of coming home. This is your moment of being embraced by the Father, by His arms of love and grace. This is your moment. Don't let it pass. And just say after me, pray after me, Lord Jesus, I give up. I give you my life. I give you my voice. I give you my thoughts. I give you my heart. I will follow you all the days of my life. I receive your grace and forgiveness for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me from my sin and bringing me into new life, new hope, and new purpose. You are my King, my Lord, my Savior, and my Father. Amen. And if you did pray that prayer, we would love to know. And man, congratulations if you prayed that prayer today. You're a new creation. Life has started for real now. That's awesome. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's Russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.